Hi, I'm Lisa Lloyd, and I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Beyond the Water Cooler. As a psychologist, psychotherapist, and business owner of It's Time for Change, I meet so many talented individuals who are aligned with my mantra, get people right, get business right. I'm going to be talking to some of these super interesting people who have stories, insights, and strategies to share about what it takes to be a great company with inspiring leadership, awesome culture, and a wow workforce. So let's dive in. So today, Sally Norton, who has been MD at Bray Healthcare since 2019, joins me to discuss being Bray and the impact of psychological safety. So hi, Sally. Hi, Lisa. So we met at an event, I still remember sitting next to you um, and the chairs were waiting to go into the room, um, not long after you started at Bray. And um, I was struck by your passion to create the best workplace um, possible for your employees. So you were already excited about working at Bray and you thought it was a great company to work with, but you were keen, you were looking for those opportunities to, to, to develop it. Yeah. Um, and your leadership took your workforce on a journey um, which was kind of focused around psychological safety and a model that you called being Bray and um, I thought it'd be great to have a conversation with you today so that other people can learn a bit about your approach because I think it's really quite inspiring and uh, from speaking to you over the last couple of years and knowing what you've achieved and the direction you're going in I think there's a lot for other companies to learn from you so I'm quite excited about this conversation to unpick something I'm really passionate about psychological safety as well so let's start Sally by hearing a little bit about you your role and what your company does okay great so yeah joined um Bray November 2019 um, my background for the last 25 years or so has been working in and around um, healthcare, medical devices predominantly, um, a lot of time in orthopaedics particularly. I started out um, as a sales representative, absolutely loved that, getting into the operating theatre and helping surgeons um, to get a good result for their patient. Um, I was fortunate to work with some really great people in, in great companies, learning along the way and very keen to progress. Um, I did an MBA along the way whilst working and that took me into more general management and then leadership roles. And I've always worked in the SME space, um, either with private owners or, or with private equity. So that's that's the kind of area that I really enjoy working in and find you can have a really great impact actually um, and really focus on on culture mm. so I joined Bray uh, you're right a fantastic company um, very stable really stable workforce we have people here who have been here over 30 years lots that have been here over 20 years over 10 years so it wasn't a case of coming to Bray to, to fix anything but equally there were clearly lots of opportunities to move Bray on and perhaps be a little bit more forward thinking, particularly in the way that we treated our employees and the, and the value that they could bring to the business. So there was an element, as there is in many stable businesses where management has been in place for a long time, of, of a, a way of doing things. Mm. Um, and I could see that there were one or two projects, particularly that just hadn't come to a positive conclusion and I felt that it, a lot of that was down to 
perhaps the culture and, and the approach. Um, employees at Bray were not really encouraged to voice opinion. So they were great at doing their job and, and doing what they were directed to do. But it, I didn't feel it was a place where each and every member of our team could really thrive um, and be valued. Mm. So that was one of the things I set upon <laughs> trying to sort yeah. out with, with being brave. And I know when I came to visit you the first time, um, literally I just stepped in inside your building and it's all right now let's go for a tour around and let's go and see everybody and see what we do and I love that because so many times you go to have a meeting with someone and you just sit in their office and it's almost as if the rest of the company doesn't exist whereas for you it's very much this is this is the company these are the people who make this stuff happen and it was brilliant because just walking walking the floor and getting to see what people were doing getting to say hello and you kind of got a real sense of of team and how important the the whole workforce was for you rather than me just sitting with you in a room and excluding everyone else and I think that that says a huge amount doesn't it when someone opens their company to an outsider by saying come and meet the workforce the business is all about the workforce yeah. Yeah. people. We, I, mean, I mean we wouldn't we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be successful without them I I'm very proud of of the people that work here mm. um and and I want I want I want two things. I want the people that come to visit me to see that. I want them to meet the people and to see how how amazing they are. But equally, I want the people that work here to see the visitors, mm. so that they don't feel isolated and and have that that kind of horrible situation where they might see people coming or going, or heaven forbid, suits coming and going, and not really know what's going on um, in the business. So it's a it's a two way benefit, I think. Definitely. I think that's a really interesting point, isn't it, about when people see people coming and going. And if they don't know who that who it is, people often fill in the gaps themselves. And then you get all the gossip. And it's like, you know, our imaginations run wild. You know, is it the so-and-so or is it this person or what news are we going to have? And if we don't provide the information, people will provide it themselves. And it's often incorrect. So I think that's a great way of, of, of taking that approach. And, and it's transparency. I, yeah. I, we'll, I'm sure we'll we'll get on to trust, but um, being transparent, not having anything to hide, yeah. you know, you, you you've got to live and breathe it. You can't just say you can't just say it. And therefore, if there's people in the business, I always show them around, and I always tell my team who they are and why they're there. Yeah. So, so mentioning trust, what then, Sally? Does employee experience mean? to you because that's that's the standard question I'm asking all my guests and everyone has a slightly different take on it in terms of what they focus on what, what does it mean for you so uh, so I I really genuinely want our employees to feel happy and to feel valued mm. so so when they through any of the process whether they are simply even potential employees simply coming to to interview um, or they're joining us or they're people that have been working here for a long period of time, I want them to feel valued. I want them to feel respected. Um, so, so that, that experience is, is really important that they, that they, that they can be relaxed, that they trust the business, that they feel informed. They feel a part, a part of it, a key part of it, mm. not, not just somebody that comes in and does as they're told. Um, mm. so really, really, really feel a part of that. Of, of the organization and I think if we can if we can create that it really helps 
if things aren't going well. So if you have an employee that is perhaps struggling with a few things or needs some redirection, I think if, if you've created that really safe, trustful environment, it makes it much easier to, to deal with those things and, and to help employees and, and, and to keep things good and positive. I was having the same conversation with someone last week um, about it's easier having the tricky conversations, which, are, which tend to be the conversations most people avoid or they dread, once you've got the rapport, once you've got the relationship and the trust. But people will often kind of skirt around the building the positive relationships and then end up having lots of conflict and then ending up with trying to avoid the conflict. And, they, and you think, actually, if you just take a step back and focus on the trust, the transparency, the relationships, and, and having that sense of team, then you end up reducing that need for um, those kind of tricky conversations. So for you, that being Bray has been quite a journey. How, how, what does that look like and how have you gone about that? So, so but be, being Bray is, is a, a framework that we developed um, re- really to look at behaviours. Mm. So myself and my senior team started talking about what Bray is, who we are as a company, who we want to be seen as, the, the message that the, I guess, the culture that we that we want to develop. And, and we, we talked about values. Um, and then we talked about how we could almost build something with, within those values that was more usable day to day, which which took us down this behavior um, mm. path, because that we felt that the behaviors were more of an active state. If we talk to our employees about behaviors, it was thing that they were examples of things that you can physically see, mm-hmm. so not just yes, not, yes. not random. Um, so we 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 what we started to do was to take what we wanted our values to be or what we'd identified as our values and to translate them into a framework of behaviors. Um, the idea being that we can then talk to employees about those behaviors and how we see them and use them on a day-to-day basis and really use them to ensure that the people that work here are demonstrating behaviors which match the values of our company. Mm. Um, So that when we're bringing new people in or we have people, existing people, we've got that really nice value match between Mm. the employees' core values and the business's core values, Mm. which I think is absolutely critical to having a happy workforce yeah. And having that that environment of of, of psychological safety, and, and the safety piece really came about trying to use those values um, and and those behaviours to reflect the values to demonstrate to physically demonstrate to the staff that they were in a in a safe environment um, where where they wouldn't be bullied or picked on or made to feel embarrassed uh, about anything that they did. And I think, you know, you starting off with taking the values and turning us into very concrete behaviours is a, is a step that a lot of people miss. So they always have a lot of work around their values and everyone can recite their values, but actually what they look like in practice, unless we have clarity around that, people can still interpret those values in their own way. And we have no consistency. We don't, we don't aren't able to recognise necessarily what, behaviors are fulfilling the the values so I think that's such a key part of of what you've done 
I think I've got that wrong in the past. So I've done work around values before, mm. but c- consistency is key. So if you're going to launch or introduce something like this, how you take those values and you live and breathe them and use them to the benefit of the employees and of the business day to day is really hard. And I, th- I think I've not made that transition in the past and it's not worked so well. Yeah. So this time I did loads of research and I really, really thought about how we could make it usable for each and every mm. employee in the business, mm. not just for the senior team. Mm. So it's about embedding this all the way through the business and really using it to understand ourselves, understand our organization. And I think the whole piece about psychological safety is, I mean, it's a term I use a lot and it's actually a term I used um, in a, my last podcast recording, uh, which actually the, the person I was speaking to didn't realize that she was demonstrating psychological safety, but she was doing, she was demonstrating it without knowing what it's called. And I think there's a real, um, it's one of those terms that gets used a lot. And I don't think people necessarily understand what we mean by that. So maybe we should unpick that a little bit, Sally, because for me, there's that whole, it's about a belief that as a, as a team, you're free to speak up and you're free to, uh, you know, challenge people or to uh, offer suggestions, to express yourself honestly and so on without any fear of rejection, being embarrassed, being criticised. Um, and we know that there's, there are four stages um, to psychological safety, which companies and employees should go through so starting with inclusion safety um feeling part of you know feeling included feeling connected um and then we've got learner safety so that ability to be able to to learn to be able to contribute and then of course to be able to um to challenge and those are four stages that people have to go through is that something that you unpicked quite explicitly with your team or is that something that you have been mindful of what psychological safety is and you've just kind of worked to create that culture without being so explicit a combination of mm-hmm. so I, I i started with the senior team as, as soon as i joined bray there's four of us in in the senior team and i started to work with that team almost just in, in inclusively within that team to quietly start to introduce some of these ideas around leadership so the members of that team were really kind of stepping up from management to leadership positions Mm. so I was quite subtly working with those individuals without being explicit and and where we got to was a point where they started to feel the psychological safety and I could see that in their behaviors pack to me um, and their challenge of me that had gone from always agreeing with me to maybe not always agreeing with me yeah. right <laughs> um, and once I started to see the actual things happening I then began to introduce maybe more of the academic part mm. of it so I almost let them I almost let it prove itself yeah. for a, a bit sneaky maybe um, but I let let it prove itself and then I worked with that team to develop we as a team developed the being Bray when we then launched it to the business we did events so we did two we did one for the office one for production staff and we did a couple of away days with some team building and some some presentations and things and when we when we introduced it to the team we did 
straight away we did put some of the um academic rigor behind yeah. it so we talked about things like behaviors and good and bad behaviors and we put up examples of you know rioters on the streets of Barcelona and how that can be uh-huh. a behavior that's a value set not always good we talked about those types of things so we and and we use lots and lots of examples so we we use sport quite a lot mm. um I know you'll be aware of Damien's Barcelona way um, and he does some really good stuff looking at football players on the pitch demonstrating values in behavior so we showed lots of videos of that type of thing to really try and really try and get the the team to understand what we were looking for that this was a this was a behaviors that you could see and feel and and, and talk about and I like the way you always do that and that's that's a consistency in your approach Sally about making this very real very uh, something that people can kind of grab hold of and relate to so although you're introducing a bit more of the academic side you're doing it in a way that's very relatable so by using sport and also by doing it by example so when people have experienced it being able to then label that and say well actually we are demonstrating we are experiencing we're living and breathing this stuff already because then it makes it feel less threatening it's like oh it's not that scary new thing I've got to now learn we're already doing it I've got to do it a bit more and I think it's taking the the size of this almost a step of making it smaller so people don't think I've got to get my head around this whole new concept but I can break it down into small chunks these are these are small things I can you know like you were saying with your team being able to ask them to challenge you being able to ask them to make it clear, for example, when you want them to be able to think outside the box and be creative and share their half-formed thoughts and brainstorm without having to come up with the perfect solution or being able to say, actually, I tried this, it didn't really work that well because, and being able to use that as a learning experience and being very explicit with the kind of the learning experiences you're providing or you're observing. Yeah, and our, our framework does that. So the way that we've built the framework, we've, we've got three categories. And within that, we've got statements that we can look at, each and every one of us can look at and say, are we doing this? Okay. Um, are we always doing this? Do we sometimes, do we rarely do this? And and some of the things you're talking about are actually, actually captured there. So things, for example, like, uh, am I happy to an accept, accept a good enough solution? Mm. So, you know, that understanding that, that sometimes you don't need to keep push, push, push mm-hmm. to get to the ideal. Yeah. Is it it's somebody else's idea? I might have had a different one, but is it good enough? And, and do I accept that? Yeah. So a, a lot of those things that you're talking about, we actually worked really hard to try and capture in the framework that, that either as a group or as individuals, we could sit down or we could sit down with our, our people and say, are we doing this? Are you doing this? Am, am I doing this? To make it quite a usable tool, actually, which, yeah. which is working really well. And I think also it's a way then of having, having those tricky conversations because I think when, when teams get psychological safety right, it doesn't mean that everyone's nice to each other all the time. <laughs> um, you know, some people assume that it means we all have to be kind of all smiley and happy all the time it basically means you know people know that they have each other's back and that they can speak up and there can be a little bit of kind of helpful 
conflict because you can challenge each other safely and you can hear other people's ideas and you can let yours go in favor of someone else's and I think when you have that framework around having conversations then it means it doesn't feel so personal it doesn't feel like there's the attack it's you're all working together as a team to collectively do something better and learn yeah and and that that really that really works and and Mm. actually if you've got an individual we we use our framework in our one-to-one so if you've got an individual that perhaps hasn't quite behaved in in an appropriate way it's a really depersonalized way to talk about it by bringing the framework up and saying how how do you think you did against that in that meeting or in that conversation or with that action as opposed to saying to somebody the way you behaved wasn't great it it, Mm. it really depersonalizes it and by referring to the being brave it's something that we've launched it's something Mm. shared it's not random it's already defined and and I think for the senior team it's been really good at exposing our vulnerability because we we have different levels on 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 the framework we have a bronze silver and 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 gold level behaviors and what we've said to all of our employees we've shared uh, this is the behaviors you should be expecting at gold level and if you're a director of the company that's what you can expect from us so if we don't behave in line with it yeah. That's really transparent, um, which I think is good for, for the whole business as well. Absolutely. And it's then about keeping everyone accountable, isn't it? And I love that in terms of, you know, sometimes there's this whole sense of hierarchy and actually the people higher up the hierarchy can get away with stuff because they're higher up. But actually, you've got a framework that holds everyone accountable and everyone is then in a space where they can call each other out and just gently remind people about what people have signed up to. It's really powerful. Yeah, it's the opposite of what you're saying. The higher up, yeah, the, higher, the, the, the bigger your job title. They're, they're yeah. just job titles, aren't they? We're exactly. all just in business. But if you've got what seems to be an important job title, in, in my view, your behavior should be right at the top of the framework. And we've made it clear to people here in the organization now that if they want to be a team leader or if they want to progress to managers, they need to be demonstrating silver mm. level behaviors, not bronze. And we can talk to them about that mm. because when you start to take on man management, you're looking after other people. So your behaviors has got, have, have got to be right because your potential to harm or mm. upset or worry those people working for you is really high yeah. if you're not attuned to those behaviors on your the impact of your behaviors on the people that work for you. But that is so refreshing to hear that model of development and growth and promotion because so many people end up becoming managers or kind of working their way up through the company in a way that's based entirely on outcomes that have nothing to do with behaviours and nothing to do with being able to connect with other people or treat each other with respect or anything that actually is is the really important stuff it's all to do with you know your sales figures or something which actually doesn't make you a great manager um, or a great leader so the fact that you're very clear in terms of progression going you know look at your bronze silver or gold everyone knows what they're aspiring you know to to be and and what they need to head towards in order to get the next rung up the ladder but it also works it's not just about 
fl fluffy behaviors by focusing mm. on the behavior stuff the performance of the business by default is better yeah. because you've got people that communicate well you've got people that challenge you mm. challenge the status quo that allows the innovation and the ideas to come forward so I, you know, I know there is a view that that actually, you know, question mark, is this the right thing to be focusing as a leader, our energies on, but it delivers results. And I've seen that in on the floor in my organization, but you just have to look at all the studies that have been done. There is research all over the internet, which demonstrates time and time and time again, the impact, the positive impact this has on the growth and development of a company. So, and, and also when you, when you look at things like, I was um, talking with someone yesterday, um, if you look, think about Chernobyl and the disaster there, and you think about actually a large part of that was due to lack of psychological safety because some operators didn't speak up about their concerns because they weren't in an environment where it was they were able to and look at the outcome of that. So if, if anyone wants to argue it's soft or fluffy, as you say, there's quite a lot of evidence that suggests it's not. <laughs> um, but I think it's also, interesting thinking about the challenges to creating a team based around psychological safety because you know it's something that we've been talking about for what's not a new concept but still relatively recently there are still studies that show that people are not able to have their voice or don't feel safe about it so in um, 2017 a Gallup poll showed that three out of ten employees strongly agree that their opinions don't count at all <laughs> and more recently um, a survey from Catalyst showed or suggests that the problem is worsening. So nearly half of all female business leaders struggled to speak up in virtual meetings and one in five reported feeling overlooked or ignored in video meetings. So it's a real, we know that this is supposed to be happening. We know that there are, as you said, there are so many studies which show the really good impact, the really positive impact on outcomes if we focus on this, but still it's a challenge. What, what have the challenges been for you in terms of kind of developing this within your workforce at, at Bray? I think it, it's finding the space for it. Mm. So uh, people in businesses are, are busy and it's been, a, it's particularly the last couple of years, it's been very challenging couple of years. Mm. And the day-to-day, -day, I think that the, the, the the possibility that the day-to-day -day issues just overtake it. So it's an easy thing to drop, isn't it? If yeah. you've got a supplier issue or you've got a customer issue or you've got an employee issue, um, any number of things happening in your business, it's very mm. easy to walk away from this to deal with those big impact issues. Uh. The, the problem is it's this behavior piece, it's this psychological safety piece which will solve those day-to-day -day issues yeah we've really found this so when I first joined the business every issue came up to me now that it, that's not helpful on a number of levels time and time pressures but equally I'm the least experienced person in this business mm. so I'm the last person that should be should be solving the problems and by working to really really make this safe space where everybody in the business could put their views forward, it actually means that problems are getting solved much more quickly. Mm. We had a conversation quite recently in our, one of our senior team meetings, talking about how we were now starting to see various members of the team 
managers and, and operatives huddling in, in corners of the business to solve a problem and then to come to their manager and say, we've had this issue, we think this is the solution, are you happy for us to go ahead? And, and, and therefore, it, the challenge is absolutely protecting the time to mm. work on the introduction of it. It won't just happen. It almost has to be a project in its own right. That's how we ran it as a, as a, as a specific project, which we developed and worked on for quite some time. So it's a good year or more in development before we got to a place where we were confident enough to launch it to the team. We then launched it. We then launched it again, and then we can continue to communicate regularly about it. So it's that pro it's protecting the time so easy to, get to just lose it, I think. And I think with, you know, you've hit the nail on the head when you think about actually the pressure over the last couple of years in particular with the rate of change and so on. When we're, when we're put under pressure and when we're experiencing stress, our ability to, our emotional intelligence just drops off and our ability to empathize and have compassion and, and to be able to be creative in terms of solving problems and so on really drops off the radar because we become much more focused on the problem and the pressure. And I think that's when psychological safety goes out the window. But as you said, that's the time we need it most. So yeah. it's, it's having that level of awareness and being able to notice when someone is looking a bit stressed or a bit overwhelmed with something or a bit unsure about something, whether that's something personal that they're bringing into work that actually they need some support or some space to be able to deal with so they can get their head into the right space for work or whether it's a work issue, it's, it's beginning to take a step back and reflect on where people are at in themselves so that they are then in the, have the right headspace to be able to engage with the psychologically safe behaviours, knowing that that's all about interaction and relationships with other people. Yeah, and the, the psychologically psychological safety puts the onus back on the employee mm. to, to come forward when they need support. So mm. I, I, I really struggle to, to, to accept that as a leader, I need to be seeking seeking out employees that need support I, I want to create an environment where each and every person feels very comfortable to come forward yes I know it's you know ideal scenario but but that's really it's about em empowering the employee to take mm. responsibility for what they need mm. and again we, we we're seeing that happen I can think of something it's only Tuesday isn't it something that's happened even this week that uh, somebody has come forward because of some things that have happened over the weekend and, and talked to their manager and gone and done a bit of home working to give them some headspace. Um, and, and that's what I really want to create, that, that environment where each and every person in our business is happy to talk to the people they need to talk about to, to get whatever they need to support them. And by default, they're better at their jobs because of it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and as you said, it takes the pressure off the managers, the leaders, rather than those people having to be the eyes and ears and spotting everything going on mm. it's actually about people being able to take responsibility for themselves and being able to feed that back and knowing that that's okay to do that and I think when you get that right it has such benefits because you can have someone who might need a bit of they can come to their manager and say I just need some time to go and resolve whatever's going on for me and yes, it might be an hour out or half an hour out or, um, you know, some working at home or whatever's needed, but it's short term and then they can get back on track. 
versus the people who don't say anything because they don't feel they can and the managers don't spot it or they might spot it don't know how to deal with it and suddenly it ends up becoming a much bigger issue where people are off work potentially for days or there are all sorts of other implications so I think that's so I think the link for me which is why all this for me comes under employee experience it's looking at psychological safety and culture which fits with well-being and mental health and so on, the whole lot is wrapped up together we had another um example of some lovely feedback we we had an individual that joined us before christmas in a new role and in a recent one-to-one with her manager i think it was last week she was talking about how she'd always been a worrier um mm-hmm. she, she always had those situations where she she'd wake up and feel slightly queasy slightly nervous about about something and and she said she said to her manager last week i'm not feeling it here wow <laughs> um, and and um yeah she, she she just felt that if she did something that wasn't quite right or she was off track or she could talk to her team or talk to her manager and know that they would work through and solve it together as opposed to being embarrassed or having yeah. fingers pointed or being rejected all of those things that you get when you haven't got psychological safety so that was quite a powerful feedback for us really that we are we are creating something that's right it's, yeah and it's you know it's so important to get that right isn't it because if someone's starting a new role then of course they've got to be able to have space to they've got to learn and they've got to be able to I mean it's those four stages of psychological safety I mentioned earlier actually they've got to go through all those pretty quickly to work out that I how I can be here mm-hmm. and so when we when we get that right then people can settle into their role much more quickly when they're new but also if we want people to be creative and innovative and to you know keep up and think outside the box then they've got by nature of that people have got to be able to suggest things that have not been done before or have not been worked through or are things that are different and that means that you're kind of risking you know Mm. your neck on the line a little bit aren't you so unless people are able to experience that and know that that's okay then companies get very stuck it's kind of that that just you know same old same old and then they don't evolve how how are they going to be fit for the future uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah ab- absolutely um yeah uh, we, we want we want to innovate mm. um and, and that's where it comes from if people aren't if they know that it's okay to make mistakes we accept as a mm. business it's okay to make mistakes we should learn from them but we yeah. but that's okay um it, yeah it's a it's a powerful thing so how because you've got people in your company who have worked there for quite a long time. Um, so I'm assuming they might be slightly older uh, people who are working there and they're not the, the kind of newbies in. Um, <laughs> how easy has it been to convince them of, uh, you know, working quite a different way? And the reason I ask you this is because I've had a number of conversations with people recently who have said, oh, we all know this stuff's really important. And, you know, my team around me knows it's important and so on. But the people who have been here a long time like to do things the way they've always done them, which is understandable. Have you come across any that kind of resistance to it? Not as much as I would have expected. I, I think I might be really fortunate here. Um, I, I, there's, there's less concern about change than I've experienced in previous businesses. I think I think many people here were ready 
for change. Mm. They, they felt that, that, that that would be a good thing. Um, I think some of the things we talked about early on, I'm very transparent. Um, I, I stop and I talk and I really try to, my door's always open. I try to make myself available. So I'm hoping that that kind of reduces the fear of change. Mm. Um, and, and everything we've done, I've, I've tried really hard to, to give examples uh, about why it's, it's good. So encouraging um, our production operatives to put their views forward. We had a really nice, not nice, actually a bad example of a project that had gone badly when I joined, which I inherited. And we'd spent quite a lot of money and quite a few years trying to develop a piece of machinery for production. When I started to look into it, at no point had anybody gone to the people that actually do the process we were trying to improve and asked for their opinion. (laughs) And we ended up writing the project off. um, And I talked to the staff about that. I talked to the the teams about that and, and, and talked to them about the sort of money that we'd spent and where we'd gone wrong and, and all the reasons it, it didn't work and everything all of the things that didn't work about that project were because of lack of that really good insight from the person that does the job. We then went on to a new product project to get another piece of machinery. And we built a team with production operatives and they've been part of doing the user specification for the project. They've been at every step of the way, took them right out of their comfort zone to take them up to Yorkshire to the company that was developing and building for us taking them up there to have a look again they were great in saying that's going to work this isn't going to work the machine came last week absolutely fantastic and and what you can do by using those real life examples is show everybody in the team why their opinions matter it's because they they know I you know I, I don't know whether exposed wiring on this particular piece of machinery is going to be a problem or not they do mm. um, so I think I think those examples have, have really helped them to see why creating this environment where they are able to speak up and that there isn't that they're not there's nothing to be fearful about showing them how that can benefit the business and in turn them that you know the team that were involved in that have now got a shiny bit of machinery which is making life easier which which they kind of developed they designed yeah. it's really powerful isn't it it's, it's it's almost flattening that hierarchy in terms of looking at what looking at who the right people are to inform a decision based on what they know based on their experience based on their role more than you know what their title is in the company because I think some sometimes people get so preoccupied by this is a big budget thing this has got to be at this level of seniority in terms of you know what we're spending it on and actually we don't we forget to ask the people who on a day-to-day basis see what's great and what's not so great and the things that are important to make life a bit easier and a bit more productive um but what the really important things are that we mustn't miss yeah yeah, yeah we we have people in the business that have been doing a process for the best part of 25 years Mm. there isn't anything they don't know about it and and how it works and and what does work and what doesn't work Mm. um that that knowledge is really valuable to us as a company it's critical but it's Mm. important that they know that it's critical that they know they're critical and valuable to us as a business yeah and it's about that's then knowing it goes back to a conversation you and I had right at the start when I think when we first met about it's the why what what is it that I'm what's the value that I'm providing like why am I 
having a say in this? Why am I doing this? So because once everyone knows their their part in the bigger picture, they they've become more motivated. They have and that surely that's got to help people use their voice more if they know that the impact that the voice can have. Yeah, I, I think when when we launched Being Brave, we worked really hard to, to pitch it right. Mm. So to put a bit of academic strength behind it whilst not too much and, yeah. and, and giving examples, but but a really clear communication and intent. So really trying to make it clear why we were doing this mm. and, and what it would mean after the launch. Mm. So once we go out of this nice environment where we've had a nice lunch and we've we've done some team building and it's been great, what next? What what happens next and where do we take it? So that intent for the framework, I think, was another really important thing. So we live and breathe it mm. day to day in the business. It's not just something that nice that appeared and then everybody got a mug with their photo with a team photo on and then you sort of carry on and it's a distant memory. And that intent is really important because I know when I've spoken um, with clients in the past and they sometimes say, oh, are we doing this stuff because our leaders want us to be more productive? You know, it's almost like they're introducing this new way of working because they want more from us. They want us to be working harder or something. And they, they, if people aren't on board with the reason you're doing something and they're using their own judgment to think this is about my boss trying to push me harder or get more out of me, they're not going to be on board with it. But as soon as you're able to explain that actually the benefits of psychological safety are that, you know, the psychologically safe teams are happier. You know, mm. the research shows that quite clearly. So when you are happy and you engage and you can be, use your insights and be creative and it's okay to make mistakes and you can challenge and you can you know speak quite openly I think when people understand what's in it for them and it's not just about company output people are much more likely to be on board yeah it it, it it's a win-win I mean it, I I've I have been transparent to the team about the fact that the introduction of this will drive the success of Bray. Mm. We will be a better company. Our aim is to, to, to drive sales growth, mm. to in, increase profit, all of the things that it's my responsibility as MD to do. I've made it very clear mm. that what I'm here for is, is to drive those things. But I, I don't have to do them to the detriment of the team. I, I can create an environment where the, where the team can thrive really excel if they want to and actually if they don't want to and they'd want to to be in their position and maintain that they are equally valued because of the experience we need people at all levels of the organization doing all different jobs mm. so we're very happy to embrace whatever people want but if they want to progress and they want to thrive creating an environment where they do do that is the win for them whilst also the win for the business is we're better at what we do. We do more of what we do. We're more efficient and effective. So the, the commercial element is absolutely on my mind, but not at the detriment of the staff, because I know if I get the people stuff right, actually the other stuff kind of happens. Mm. And that, for me, that's the way around it needs to be. And I think that's, it's quite, you have to be quite bold to, to, to stick to that, to that viewpoint. Yes, you have to be bold, but you also do it, you're bold in a way, Sally, that is um, shows people that you care about them. So some people standing up and saying, you know, we're doing it like this because I need us to be more 
you know, increase our sales. I can imagine some people saying that and they rub people the wrong way saying it because of how they say it. So again, it's being able to communicate that with clarity, but in a way that says this is the agenda, but by following, you know, by doing it this way, you will also be happier. You will also enjoy it more. Um, and that, and that can, as you said, that can only be a win-win. That's a, that's a good situation. So in terms of kind of tips or, I'm just thinking about for leaders, for people listening, thinking, okay, how do I go about this, about kind of creating psychological safety, creating this, this kind of very conscious culture that you've, that you've been working on? You know, we've already talked about explicitly talking about this as a priority, making psychological safety a priority. You have to, you know, you, you chose to make this a project. So it's a very distinct piece of work that people are going to focus on. Um, and we've already talked about facilitating everyone being able to speak up and being able to be open-minded and so on. What else have you, would you say that actually leaders should be doing to encourage this to become a reality for them? I, th I think, I, I think it really helped us to, to embed it within our senior team first. Mm. So th this isn't a, this isn't a quick fix. You can't, you can't come up with, your approach and, and, and launch it and, and keep your, keep your fingers crossed. So quite unusually, actually, this, this was quite top down. Mm. And, and for me, that was about embedding the behaviors in the senior team and in agreeing them as a senior team before rolling it out. And actually, when we started to roll it out, we were getting comments like, I've seen you doing this. Ah, that's what was going on. So, so people were recognizing that we'd almost, we'd almost laid the foundations very quietly to move the business on without the business realizing it was happening. And I, and I think that made the transition better in, in a way. And, and we bench as a senior team, we, we were quite brave. We, we benchmarked each other. So we talked about the behaviors, we built the framework and we, we sat in a room and scored each other. <laughs> against, oh. um, and so, so that was really helpful because it, it meant that we'd create, we were creating that psychological safety in the senior team. And once we had that, we, we could, we could live and breathe it. We could feel it. And then we started to work on how we would launch it mm. through, through the business. So I think, if you haven't got your senior team on board, mm. I, I can't see how it would work because you're relying on those people to at, at the gold level behaviors mm. to call out yeah. behaviors that, that don't match to the framework. So that's a really interesting point. Um, and I'm just picturing that, like, you know, you've, you've developed this framework and you're all scoring each other on it. And I, and I can think of some people um, who will re remain nameless who would, develop this and think this is great and then when it comes down to the the crunch of actually I'm now going to be rated on it and maybe I'm not gold across the board and maybe I have got some areas of development and I don't think I really wanted to hear that um how do we think about that because that's the reality versus the kind of the ideal what I'm trying to develop for other people there can be a disconnect between that have you, did you find that at all or from personal experience did it feel uncomfortable? 
Uh, yeah, possibly a little bit. I mean, when when we sat down to do it, I said to the team, "Are, are you sh- are you sure? Is everybody happy to do this? This might be, this might be a bit uncomfortable." Mm. And and they got every we all looked at you and went, "Oh, let's just do it," kind kind of thing. Um, it was surprising, actually. It, what was really interesting is it, it really gives you a feel of how you how you feel you're doing versus how somebody else feels that mm-hmm. you're doing. And we definitely all had things to work on, but that's okay, isn't it? I mean, that's, I, yeah, that's reality. That's not. And actually, we didn't. That is the the rating's not very accurate, is it? And, and and I think that that was almost the ultimate in psychological safety. And my, for me was a really high point because I knew that as a senior team, we'd got to that very safe place and we were ready to go to the next stage of, of getting this framework ready to launch to the business. But we we kind of laugh about it. You know, when we see those behaviours in meetings, it's really nice because you can kind of look at somebody and go, did you just do that like non-bray thing? And they're like, oh yeah, I, you know, I did it again. I'm, I'm trying. And, and so we, we, we've created this quite playful way of-, of <laughs> Perfect. And, and that, you know, that's one of the, the kind of tips for leaders anyway, is about creating a norm for how failure, and I use that in a kind of loose way, that term, is handled so whether it's failure in terms of we've done a project that hasn't gone quite according to plan or whether it's we've just demonstrated a non-bray behavior um <laughs> which let's face it we are all going to slip up and fall into old patterns at times because that's human behavior it is how that's dealt with isn't it and it's about establishing those norms and if we can just laugh about it just do a gentle nudge a gentle reminder then we can kind of reset and we and there's no feeling of judgment or shame or embarrassment it's you're human and you forgot that we're not we don't do that anymore yeah and and I I mean that's that I'm I'm very fortunate I've got a, a great senior team around me and and that's where we are equally I think I think it's an important point to make is that in a situation where we have somebody in the team that really isn't Bray uh then the fun element comes out and we would we would use the framework and and have done actually to to have difficult conversations yeah. that might ultimately result in the realization for both part, parties that this isn't the right fit exactly um you know 99 times out of 100 i hope it's the the the, uh-huh. the previous point but i think it's important to say equally that, uh-huh. that it is it is a robust framework that, that helps us to make it to make those decisions and actually for an employee to make the decision uh-huh. that perhaps this isn't the right place as we start to recruit we've recruited a couple of people lately and we're really using the being bray in our questioning to to try and understand the core values of those people those people that we're interviewing to match them to the business so hopefully we will avoid it going forward but historically we weren't doing that so that you know there are one or two challenges for us to deal with I think as a company um, around around this whole project but I think it, it also as you say having that framework depersonalizes the kind of the, those conversations where people might not have the be the right fit and because you know it's not a it's not a personal thing it's just actually this is what we are striving for here and and um you're consistently not fitting in and not kind of demonstrating these these values and um, through these behaviors that we've agreed so I think in a way it actually makes 
trickier conversations a bit easier and it's that sense of conflict is is safe to have we can have we can have challenging conversations where that previously might have been found comfortable as sort of conflict but actually now we can embrace conflict because it's productive because we we have a shared language we know what is and isn't okay to say we know how to how to shape things so that they land okay and I think that is really really powerful and I think you've you've demonstrated that really that really well and and that's I think for me that's a critical part of psychological safety so so if you find yourself in in a in a position and it's not working and you know you you know you know don't you if, you, if you're not doing well you you know and if if you know and you know that your manager knows and nobody's talking about it that's not a happy place for anybody so creating that psychological safety where we can talk we can depersonalize and either work with an individual to really to to really make it work mm. or to facilitate some some other option but it but in that supportive psychologically safe space mm. rather than that question mark what's going to happen to me I, I know I'm not doing great nobody's it, it it's not great for the for, for the employee on the receiving end right. and I also think you're you know you highlighted a really good point about self-rating the difference between us rating ourselves and other people rating us so when we are looking at we have a perception of how I am and how I come across but then actually when you ask your peers and you've got that safety within your team you've got your peers to rate you looking at the difference is really really powerful because that widens our lens in terms of our self-awareness so and that that is so so important I think that's a bit that people often miss they have such kind of strong beliefs about who they are and how they are that they don't aren't often aware that they don't come across in the same way and I think having asking for feedback from your colleagues against a framework whatever that looks like is a really good way of people being able to get an eye into how they are as a, as a leader as a colleague yeah and, and we've had that we've had meetings that perhaps an individual has said some things or reacted in a way which hasn't sat comfortably with other people in the meeting um, and I can think of one specific example last year where after that meeting there was a bit of self-reflection all round, and then one individual spoke to the the person that that perhaps hadn't behaved appropriately and, and called them out and talked it talked about it but they'd done it in within the framework Mm. um and 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 we're trying to use it for examples so when I'm talking to people about you know how do you think you're doing against this behavior well give me some examples mm. give me some examples of when you did that or when you didn't do that and again it it makes it really tangible mm. so Sally if people wanted to know a bit more about being Bray and your framework are you going to write a book or a paper or can people just contact you or how do people find out kind of they want to see this thing they want to be because this you know you've you're talking about it um so so well that people are going to want want to have a look at this is that possible yeah I I, ha I haven't done any of those things we have some internal papers on it um we have some quite some assessment documents and presentations and that type of thing i'd be happy to to share if if people are interested to know more if they if they reach out either directly or through linkedin 
um, I'd be very happy to just share the, the kind of rough and ready documents that we have. We do have plans to do something a little bit more robust in the future, but we're, we're not there yet. So I'd be very happy to share more information. Brilliant. And we'll put your contact details in the show notes. Um, and we'll watch the space because you need to you need to be uh, publishing something so that other people learn from you. So is there anything that we haven't covered uh, in this conversation that you think, actually, I've got this little nugget of wisdom that I think would be good, or actually, I've got a challenge I think I want to unpick or anything else that you wanted to explore and share today? Um, I, th- I think we've covered most stuff off. I, I think we, we touched on it, Lisa, but I think the, con- the commitment and the consistency over anything like this is, is the critical mm. part. It, this isn't something that you can dip in and out. And I've made that mistake in, in the past when, when you're focused on it, it's great, but it, but understanding how to embed this mm. um, and to help everybody in the team to really embed this day to day, I think is, is, is the key yeah. to it working is, is what we found here and um, keeping it alive I think when I was having a conversation with um a client recently and we were talking about team uh, and manager behaviors and we were talking about you know just simple things like in a weekly team meeting having your check-in where you're just noticing what people have done that demonstrates the particular values of this company um, and having conversations around you know what are we really proud of this week or what we're we finding challenging um what have we learned so the kinds of the kinds of conversations that are very clearly demonstrating the use of language the trust the transparency and so on that we've talked about but doing it in a way that is it becomes the norm because it happens so often and I think there's that the embedding it properly and then being able to kind of keep it alive so it does stay forefront of people's minds otherwise mm-hmm. he says day-to-day pressures it kind of sinks a bit lower yeah thank you so much sally for today for joining us it's it's um i always love talking to you because you you really live and breathe this this isn't something that you kind of has have a as a bit of a kind of pet you know hobby on the side this is like this is what drives who you are and how you work and i think it's um you know, from what I've heard and what I've seen, it's really had such a positive impact at, at Bray. Um, and I think a lot of people have a lot to learn from you. So I'm going to put some links to um, whatever I can get from you in the show notes as well so that people <laughs> can see it um, and then people can contact you directly. But very, very grateful for you joining me. Um, and we will watch this space to see what happens over the coming year. So thank you very much, Sally. Great. Thanks. Good to talk to you, Lisa. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today on Beyond the Water Cooler. If you love it, I would really appreciate a five-star review as this helps more people to find the podcast. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you get notifications every time we publish a new episode. If something in this episode has got you chomping at the bit or if you'd like to discuss the topics covered in this podcast further, please do get in touch and we can continue the conversation. You can find me at Lisa at it's time for change.co.uk. My details are in the show notes. If you'd like to be kept in the loop on what I'm getting up to, I publish a monthly roundup. To sign up, head over to it's time for change.co.uk forward slash join the club. I'm always looking for new interesting people to chat with on the Beyond the Water Cooler podcast. 
So if you have a story to tell or know of anyone who would be an inspiration to talk to, please do get in touch. And lastly, I'd love to know what you would like to hear about on the podcast. So drop me a line for all suggestions. And that way I can make sure that what I'm talking about is most helpful. See you next time. Thank you.